Well, hey, I'm Todd, and I want to welcome you to another reading of the Bible. You know, Paul has been sharing his testimony in the uh, amphitheater there at Caesarea, and King Agrippa is there, and Festus, and Bernice, and all the nobles, and they're all listening, and Paul is sharing his hope. He's sharing about what Jesus did. He's sharing how salvation has rescued both him and the Gentiles, all all the peoples of the world, that this is for every single person. And as he finishes saying these things, I love the urgency of verse 24, chapter 26. Suddenly, Festus shouted, Paul, you are insane. Too much study has made you crazy. Festus had had enough. Festus could not see how we were supposed to listen to somebody talk about this resurrection from the dead. That did not make any sense to him. Why would Festus have thought that? Well, let's just think about it. Paul's there in chains, and yet he says he's happy. I don't know anyone who's happy in chains. Paul insisted that God raised this Jesus from the dead and that he can raise other people from the dead. I don't know about you, but I've never seen anyone raised from the dead. Paul's talking about this life transformational vision that he had with Jesus. Now, I've had some pretty amazing experiences in my life, and I can honestly kind of lean into this one, but most people would say, I've never seen anything like that, and it's not going to transform my life. I can't understand that. Paul was more focused on following Jesus and surrendering to God than he was obtaining his own freedom. We don't meet people like that. Paul believed that God had a message that was both for Jews and for Gentiles. Festus was like, this is not right. This guy is out of his mind. No right-minded person would act the way Paul is acting. But you see, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, Paul wrote when he was writing to the people of Corinth, he said, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. I'm going to say that again. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. If you believe in Jesus and you believe what he did on the cross, that his resurrection is for you, then that is the hope of everything. Your entire hope is wrapped up in that one statement. However, if you don't believe it, it's foolishness. It seems stupid. It seems ludicrous that someone would raise from the dead because, again, I've never seen anybody raised from the dead. But just because I can't believe it or I can't understand it or I've never seen it doesn't make it untrue. Uh, the other day I heard about these, uh, I don't even know what to call them. There's these things that are smaller than electrons and neutrons and protons. I always kind of assumed that was the smallest thing, but then science, scientists discovered something even smaller than that. My brain can't wrap itself around the idea that there's something smaller than an electron. Electrons are already stinking small. This is ridiculously small. And I'm guessing that the more scientists discover, they're going to discover that there's things smaller than that. Just because I can't visualize it or believe it doesn't mean it's not true. And the truth is God raised Jesus from the dead and he will raise all of us who believe in him to new life as well. So let's go on. Verse 25. But Paul replied, I'm not insane, most excellent Festus. What I am saying is the sober truth. And King Agrippa knows about these things. I speak boldly for I am sure these events are familiar to him for they were not done in a corner. Paul does not back down. When the governor who has charge of your life stands up and shouts at you to be quiet because you're being insane, the next thing you do is not disagree and then go at the king. But that's what Paul does. 
He says right to King Agrippa, I know you know what I'm talking about because you're familiar with the Jewish customs. And then verse 27, it's a question that I think we need to understand. King Agrippa, do you believe? King Agrippa, do you believe? If we are sharing the gospel with somebody, and again, I'm challenging us all, who have you invited? Who have you shared Jesus with? If we're sharing the gospel with somebody, there will come a point in which you have to say, do you believe? You'll have to get someone to actually consider the idea, like it says in Acts, am I cut to the heart? What should I do? As, he, as Paul says here, do you believe? He asks Agrippa directly. And I think there's a time when you are sharing the gospel where you are going to have to ask directly. Verse 28, Agrippa interrupted him. Do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? What a question. In other translations, it says something totally different. It says, you almost persuade me. And so there's this concept that Agrippa might be on the edge when he's thinking about this particular thought. Does he believe in who Jesus is? And Paul replies, whether quickly or not, I pray to God that both you and everyone here in this audience might become the same as me, except for these chains. Let's pray. Father, I pray that each one of us would have the courage to share the gospel with people around us. God, that we would share who you are and what you've done, that we would tell them about you, that we would invite them into a community of believers like our church, and God, that the people before us, that you would go before us and soften their hearts so that they might believe in a thing that seems so unbelievable. God, we love you, and we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.